Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from experienced medical device and med tech experts through uncut and unedited interviews. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. It's safe to say that IDNs are important customers for the overwhelming majority of medical device companies. Therefore, it's probably rational to assume that medtech companies do a good job of tracking the changing IDN landscape, right? Wrong. Based on the 2014 ZS Associates Commercial Operations Benchmark Study, only 56% of medtech companies track IDN membership. Surprised? Just wait, there's more. In this same study, only 20% of medical device companies have processes in place to measure marketing program results or effectiveness. I wonder what Apple and Google would think about that. In this interview with Andrea Traverso, Associate Principal with ZS Associates, we learn more about the Commercial Operations Benchmark Study and what it means for medtech companies. Here's a few things that we're going to cover. Why should medical device companies track IDNs through a CRM? And for the few companies that are doing well, what do they have in place that is enabling their success? Are there business intelligence or CRM platforms that medtech companies should absolutely be considering? How should medical device companies manage the garbage in, garbage out issue that plague all CRM systems? When trying to implement a CRM strategy, many medical device sales reps view their respective companies as a big brother. How can this be overcome? And why is the marketing analytics function not a top of mind priority for medical device companies? Of course, there's a lot more that we're gonna cover in this interview with Andrea, but before we get started, listen to these brief two messages. First, to get free email updates when another MedSider episode goes live, simply go to medsider.com forward slash free. We don't send emails often, but when we do, they're full of valuable content. No spam ever. Just go to medsider.com forward slash free to sign up. Second, MedSider is on iTunes. Just go to medsider.com forward slash iTunes and you can subscribe to the podcast for free. That way, all the new episodes will automatically download to your iTunes account. It's super easy. Also, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate it. That really helps us out. Okay, for you ambitious doers, here's your program. All right, welcome to uh, MedSider, Andre. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Hi, thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, let's first start with a little bit more about yourself as well as uh, as well as ZS Associates. Okay, that sounds good. So, um, as, as you said, you know, my name is Andrea Traverso. I'm an associate principal um, based in the ZS Evanston's office. Um, I've been in cons- working in consulting for uh, 16 years, and the last 12 years I've been working with ZS. Um, I'm focused on the medtech space, uh, basically helping my clients, you know, in a, in a really broad set of issues, going from uh, growth strategies uh, to commercial operations, and including, you know, many topics like um, in the commercial as well as in the sales and marketing um, space. Okay. And and specific, I know you've got a a, a, a deep knowledge uh, specific to med tech, but are you focused on certain therapeutic areas uh, within the device arena? Right. Um, so I'm I'm mostly a generalist. So I have a uh, different clients in different therapeutic areas. 
So I'm more of a, a rather than therapeutic, more, you know, um, subject expert in that sense, like, you know, cover specific commercial operations, uh, strategies, specific areas uh, within our offering, uh, but not particular to any single therapeutic area. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, and and um, as I mentioned, the the topic of our conversation is really around the, your uh, your commercial operations benchmark study. When I say you are, I'm referring to kind of the, the ZS Associates commercial operations benchmark study. So let's start with, uh, if you don't mind, providing a little bit of a of an overview of the study itself. Um, how often uh, you know how often you release it? Um, number of of uh, survey respondents, I guess, for lack of a better description, that are involved, and, and, and maybe a little bit more about how the uh, the, the uh, data is collected. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe be, even before I start with that, like, I will provide a bit of a uh, overview of ZS, so that when sure. we look at the survey, you know, we have a bit more context and understand um, our breadth of expertise in that space. So. Um, CS Associates, it's a global consulting firm. Um, we also do technology and outsourcing solutions for um, uh, focus more on the commercial strategy and implementation. And a significant uh, part of our, our focus in, this, in the healthcare industry. And so we right now have over 2,500 consultants uh, in 21 offices around the world. So we're really uh, global in nature. And as I was saying, you know, very focused on the healthcare industry. And just as a point of reference, um, we work like with 49 of the 50 top uh, pharma companies, as well as you know, uh, the top 20 medical uh, med tech companies in the world. Um, so we are um, very engaged in the industry. We conduct more than 100 engagements uh, in a, the med tech space every year. So um, in line with our uh, depth of experience. We also um, have different initiatives to help our, you know, our customers understand better. Um, you know, bench allow them to benchmark themselves, etc. Et One of those initiatives is this commercial operations benchmark study that we conduct every two years. Um, so this is the second edition of the survey, and the overall objective of the survey is to help meta companies benchmark themselves relative to their peers and identify areas uh, where they could improve or as well as, you know, help them prioritize um, initiatives for future uh, investments in the commercial operations space. Um, our latest edition of the survey included uh, 25 uh, U.S.-based uh, medtech companies and, and included four main areas. Uh, such as uh, customer relationship management or CRM, business intelligence, information management, and uh, pricing and contract management. And with those, within those uh, four areas, you know, we have a series of questions that help them, you know, uh, think about uh, priorities, current situation, as well as expectations for the next two years. Very good. And and in terms of um how you identify the respondents um, for this uh, for this study, and in, in terms of how many respondents overall, can you can you speak to that as well? Sure. So, um, um, you know, in preparation for each survey, we send out invitations to uh, different uh, ex existing as well as past um, customers and companies that may have expressed an interest in contacting us, 
and then it's really uh, optional. Uh, the uh, the main incentive for the companies to participate is uh, to get a copy of a detailed report and that detailed benchmark uh, against these other respondents. So um, it's a free uh, participation and it's, it's really optional. Um, uh, as a result, you know of that, then we share the results as well as uh, conduct discussions to help them, you know, understand and interpret in more detail the results. Um, and then for those companies that are interested in the results but have not participated, we also have an executive summary that is um, posted in our website and it's free for anybody to access. So, it's, you know, if any companies that are listening to to this interview are interested in participating, they can, you know, reach out to us through our website or directly uh, email me and we'll be happy to include them in the next round of uh, sure. research. And and I'll definitely link to the executive summary that you mentioned in the in the show notes for this particular episode of uh, uh, on on MedSider.com. But um, um, regarding the the respondents, I want to go back to that real quickly. Um, the in in terms of the the uh, the results of the study, did are are the response in in terms of the size of the medical device companies are are is it is it all over the place in terms of in terms of revenue from from you know, small cap to mid cap to large cap. That, that's an excellent company. question, and and that's in case, that's in fact the case. We have uh, uh, different sizes of companies, and you'll see that you know different. Uh, also, the focus of the survey is um, in commercial operations. So one of the questions on the survey is the size of a commercial operation, right? And that definitely reflects uh, a, a different, uh, a good spectrum of of sizes. So. I would not, you know, I think it's a good representation. Uh, there's not like a, a bias towards uh, larger or smaller companies. So I think it's a good representation of the market. Okay. Uh, very good. So let, let's get on to the, the, the good stuff, what, what most people that are listening to this uh, are interested in, and the result in that, in the, uh, in, uh, and I'm referring to the results of the, uh, of the study. And, and uh, you know, we're going to probably cover four different uh, sort of subtopics if we have time, you know, moving from, um, IDNs and what that means for uh, um, uh, med tech companies. Uh, we'll then uh, discuss, you know, the rise uh, and, and the upward trend of mobile. Uh, we'll move on, hopefully, uh, time permitting, to, to outsourcing um, and what that looks like for uh, for med tech companies. And then lastly, we'll kind of we'll kind of round it out with uh, uh, with a conversation around big data. Um, but um, as I mentioned, let's let's first start with IDNs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just list off a couple stats. Uh, that I found interesting um, in in when I when I read through the uh, the, the report, um, a couple of these forty uh, percent of med tech companies list IDN strategy uh, as a top customer relationship management priority uh, over the next two years. Um, however, um, only fifty six percent, so about half uh, of the of the med tech med tech companies um, can actually track IDN membership now, um, while only 36, about a third, are able to track their progress against account management goals. Um, so, so the the the, the relatively low uh, percentage of of, of med tech companies that um, uh, that I just mentioned, um, you know, that that can track membership now and, and perhaps more importantly uh, track progress against against goals. Why do you think that's so important uh, uh, for med tech med tech companies, and medical device companies uh, in this in this current healthcare environment? And, that, and that's a great, great question. Um, 
and I think that you know uh, what's important here is to highlight what are those changes in the and what's the new landscape uh, in that medtech is facing, and that will you know bring light to why is that important, right? Why are we highlighting the those uh, those statistics, those numbers, right? And the reality is that in the last few years, uh, the medtech industry has um, experienced significant consolidation among the customer base, right? And that really has created a lot of complexity in, in the marketplace and this, from the standpoint that uh, in order to be successful or to sell successfully now, you need to understand and, and be able to identify many decision makers. So um, in, the, in today's environment, uh, you not only need to be able to identify, you know, those physician practices or those individual physicians that are relevant and that may uh, use your product. Uh, but you also need to understand uh, the influence that the hospital may have on those physicians, right? Where, um, and, and not only that, right? It's not only the physician and the hospital as a whole. Now you also need to understand the influence of the integrated delivery networks on that ecosystem, if you want, right? So for companies uh, that have, you know, multi-divisional uh, or multiple product lines, at lines, that makes uh, this uh, this system very complex. So the selling process becomes really uh, hard. It's not clear who's making the final decision, uh, and it's not clear what's uh, driving. Uh, more and it's not clear how the IDN impacts um, uh, the final decision. Uh, furthermore, right, the IDN consolidation and the fact that they are um, becoming more and more powerful uh, brings to light the importance of having a clear strategy towards IDN. Um, so, in order to have that clear strategy, right, you need to be able to identify all the stakeholders there, but the the environment so dynamic and there's been so many acquisitions um, and changes that it's really hard to keep track of the really the the truth source right and understand clearly that affiliation process uh, um, and not only you may have clarity on the affiliation process but you may not be totally clear on the level of control of the IDN. So there are many, many different dimensions that uh, end up impacting the success of your selling efforts. Yeah, and, uh, I, and, I, I, and if, I don't, if you don't mind, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, ha have you pause right there because I think you, you, you nailed something that I, I, uh, I'd love to highlight that I, why, that I think is really important in that uh, there's so many different stakeholders involved in in the purchasing decision right now, and I think for for the longest time, most medical device companies have have presumed that it's it's the physician that drives um, uh, most of the uh, of those buying decisions within a hospital setting, and and that and to a certain extent, that's that's still very much the case. But uh, there's a lot more decision makers uh, that that are not only involved but have power in that in that in that process. And what it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, what it sounds like is most based on the survey, it seems like most device companies can't really clearly articulate or define the the all of those different decision makers very well. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's exactly the point and, and, and this is a critical aspect, right? And uh, something uh critical to be able to to have a good handle on so that you can really successfully um 
get your message, right, your value proposition across. Um, so you may be spending a lot of time with um, some people that you thought would make a decision uh, to find out later that maybe there's a, an, an idea and decision maker that will um, overwrite all the effort that you've done and the progress you've made in, you know, potential uh, negotiations that you may have. So that's why it's, you know, um, it was kind of surprising that given the importance of IDNs, there's such a small percentage of companies who have a clear IDN strategy and that are able to track um, that affiliation um, with, a, you know, between the hospital and the IDNs. Yeah, and 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 to your uh, to your knowledge, and I certainly wouldn't expect you to call out uh, uh, companies by name, but um, are you aware of med tech companies that are doing this really well uh, right now? Uh, and the follow up the follow up question would be, um, why is that the case, and maybe what are they um, what are they doing differently internally uh, that would that that you know that's enabling uh, them to 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 get pretty far out ahead in 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 comparison to um, uh, other other device companies uh, uh, within the space. That's a good question, and uh, you know, I would say that most companies are trying. And as if you look at the results uh, of the survey, uh, most of the companies expect that to be a priority in the next two years. So those that uh, may not be doing or trying to do it right now, they ident- they they are aware of the importance of um, of it and do something about it. Um, I think the main challenge is that, as, as we were saying, right, there are multiple stakeholders and there are also um, lack of clarity. So companies default to the uh, the always what is easier to measure and track, and they sometimes lose visibility of um, these other elements. And so, um, and you know, the difficulty in tracking, uh, it makes it um, harder to to put an emphasis on. Uh, you, tr- mm-hmm. you typically try to track and be able to show progress, and because you cannot show the progress, they, they default to other things that they can track. Um, so th- th- that's one of the bigger challenges, right? And mm-hmm. the lack of data also. Some some companies trying to try to do it, but they don't have uh, um, data that they can rely on. So. Um, Sometimes the expectations are that that data needs to be 100% correct and companies don't feel comfortable uh, moving ahead with solutions that may um, cover most of the needs. Um, and sometimes, you know, with that, such a dynamic environment, you need to be able to feel comfortable um, managing yourself within some degree of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sure. so I think those are some of the um, barriers that they're facing. Um, and that's, you know, but they're becoming aware of the needs and they're they're putting more effort. And um, as I said, you know, most of the companies uh, are trying to uh, identify that as a priority for the next two years. Got it. Got it. So it's, it's, it's clearly very important. Um, and I think, as the survey said, what was it, 80, 88% anticipate uh, disability within two years. And um, from my perspective, it seems like um, um, the, the simple ability to track the data, uh, whether it's whether the issue is data collection or just um, whether you know where 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 that data exists, whether it's in multiple platforms and it's it's disparate or if it's in one place. I mean, that seems to be sort of the underlying issue. And that if if everyone had access to that data. 
a relatively easy access to that data, it may be a little bit easier to begin to to um, uh, to build strategies around that. But um, you know, I think I you know one of the one of the quotes I think within this study that I have I've jotted down I think is is really important is from uh, from one of your colleagues uh, Raj, and I'm I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, totally mispro <laughs> mispronunciate his his last name. Um, um, but uh, what, what, what did I what did I ask you? How do you, how do you how, what's the best way to pronounce Raj's last <laughs> I name? I always have the same trouble. <laughs> we should refer to him as Raj. <laughs> Raj, we'll call, we'll leave it at that, right? Because even if even if you even if you corrected me, I, I probably would continue to uh, uh, to not uh, enunciate enunciate it correctly. But um, I you know I'll, I'll read Raj's quote. Um, um, the medtech industry must effectively treat each IDN as one account. IDN customers don't want a different sales representative associated with each hospital or product line. They want one point of contact and want this individual to know everything about the account. So I, th I think that's a, that's a that's really good that's a really good quote, and it's it's it makes a ton of sense. And I think everyone that would 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 you know read that quote or listen to that listen to that phrase would would agree. But actually executing against that is is obviously the more the more challenging uh, 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 challenging issue. So. That's exactly that's a challenge, and, and even if you have one point of contact, right, right, at the IDN level, then if you have multiple hospitals, right, which are dispersed geographically, then you need multiple people and multiple roles interacting with the different stakeholders. So the the, the additional challenge is um, how you ensure appropriate coordination among uh, those uh, those people, right? Those. Mm -hmm. uh, that are covering the different accounts and alignment yep. and clear objectives. And that's where uh, technology starts to play a key role. Uh, and I think that's a key start, a segue to, uh, you know, the mobility discussion and how the, uh, these new and uh, technologies and as well as, you know, big data, cloud, uh, the, all those things are starting um, to enable more and more uh, that uh, coordination and that visibility of you know of the different dimensions at the IDN account and individual physician level. Yep. Um, let's let's for the sake of time let's move on to mobile if you don't mind. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will. I'll start out with uh, you know let let's move on to that topic, which is which is really the upward trend or the rise of of, of mobile and the use of mobile platforms and and uh, and mobile uh, hardware devices uh, specific to med tech companies. Uh, but one of the stats that I that I jotted down in preparation for this interview was that uh, it was this one is that over the past two years the use of uh, of mobile technology by uh, by device uh, companies has more than doubled. Um, and from 35% to 75%, so roughly three fourths of the device companies, at least according to the according to your survey, um, 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 are are using mo uh, you know some sort of mobile platform, um, and and this percentage is you know expected to reach you know basically 100% uh, within the next two years. And again, I'm I'm going to quote Raj. I'm not going to pronounce his last name. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'm going to quote Raj. He's popular today this afternoon. Um, again, one of the, one of a good quote that I, I think he laid out was, um, you know, companies first viewed mobile devices as replacements for laptops to run email and video demos, uh, but today they are uh, vital BI or business intelligence and CRM tools, uh, serving as platforms for real-time automated customer alerts delivered immediately before a sales call. Which, um, which I think is a, is another good quote because, 
from my perspective, most device companies, when they think of mobile, they think of, you know, uh, let's put a, a print-based brochure, uh, let, let's take it, um, let's take it uh, online or, or make that dig- digital so the sales rep can, you know, can, can shoot a, or can show a, you know, a physician or a, um, um, you know, a, a brochure on their iPad instead of, instead of, you know, in, 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 in this print form. But um, we've seen a, a strong evolution of sort of the mobile platform over the last two years, not just from the, not just from the extent that device companies are using mobile platform, but just how they're, how they're using it. Um, and so my question for you is um, really more specific to, to business intelligence and CRM, um, are, are there are there tools and or systems um, that have have caught your eye uh, or that have impressed you uh, in regards of their effectiveness uh, in order to you know drive uh, drive revenue for for device companies? Um, sure. Um, you know, I think that as uh, as we were digging deeper on this uh, CRM and mobility, it's clear that it's that you know some tools. And some solutions are used more than others, and uh, most of the companies we interviewed, I think that nobody would be surprised by this, but um, most of them, the solution that uh, the current platform that they use, like 40% of them were using Salesforce.com, and there were like you know the other solutions in terms of um, CRM platforms were you know way uh, uh, far in terms of percentages. Um, so uh, you know. The the platform it can be great, right? But is is that is that good as good as the use that people give to them? And that's one of the main challenges. When we were digging deeper in terms of the of the satisfaction level with the solutions, and we were asking uh participant the respondents to rate um the overall satisfaction with their CRM system on a scale from one uh, to seven and the average rating was around three and a half. So um, it's not only about the tool, right? So you can have the best tool, but you need to make sure that it's aligned with the needs, the specific needs of your company, as well as, you know, a clear uh, clear vision on how you're going to use it and leverage. So as Raj was saying, you know, today um, technology offers so many more, so many, so much more than uh, just being able to project a brochure uh, super quickly, right? There are many things, and you can really leverage it for to to provide insights and to enable uh, your sales force um, to be much more effective uh, beyond the brochure. So help them uh, be able to keep track of the different interactions they have with the different stakeholders, be able to have uh, visibility to what other people, other salespeople, or other uh, roles that interact with the sales force uh, what type of activities they engage with uh, different stakeholders on your account, as well as how that relates to the overall, for example, IDN level. Um, other things that you know it could be leveraged for is to like get alerts in terms of you know different metrics or key performance indicators that you could set up. Um, so that that really there's like um, so many uh, possibilities, right? And um, even though the use of mobility has increased substantially compared to two years, there's still significant room uh, to leverage all these other um, aspects that could be enabled by the technology. 
Right. I think I think we're just uh, that's that's a great point because it, it still it, it feels uh, still very much like we're just that uh, we're so early uh, in this and that um, you know it, it's it's a big feat for a company or a you know a medical device companies to simply adopt a platform and and they're not even getting, they're not even realizing the the full potential of what these what these platforms have to offer. Um, my uh, be, before we move on to the concept of outsourcing. Um, a follow-up question I have for you is that I, I would imagine that most um, uh, most folks in the med tech industry that are listening to this, listening to our conversation right now, um, would say, yes, I agree with this. CRM or business intelligence tools are, are, are great, but I'm having a hard time overcoming this idea of, of, of garbage in. So, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So the, the data that sales reps enter or account managers enter is garbage. And so, you know, the I, we can't really do anything with the data. Or the alternative would be, you know, our, our sales force, our account, you know, our account managers, our sales reps, et cetera, kind of view, view the company as big brother now. Um, and, and so do you have any thoughts about, about those two issues um, or recommendations on how companies should, should, should try to overcome that in an effort to, um, you know, to, to deliver on, on the necessity of, uh, um, uh, or I should say deliver on the, uh, or fulfill the, the importance of, of, of C, uh, you know what C, what a CRM system or, or or BI system can offer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you're saying is is totally true, right? Because a significant percentage of those initiatives fail, and we hear you know our customers oftentimes call us saying you know we invested so much money on this system and it's not being used by this by the reps. It's been like uh, you know it feels like we're wasting all these resources. So. The key there is um, to avoid that big brother perception, right? If you're going to implement something, just to uh, keep a check on your reps, right, just to see what they're doing, that's, uh, they, it's not going to be embraced by your Salesforce. So you need to make sure that you are providing value to them too, right? And that's where uh, the, you know, being able to provide analytics to them and give them value, make help them uh, in their day-to-day job, right? So giving them useful information, enabling them to have better conversation with their customers, um, sharing with with them updated, right, and and, um, uh, uh, tracking metrics that will help them have uh, more uh, powerful discussions, being able to demonstrate the, the value of the product. So there's tools where you can... Uh, you know, set so that the rep can use to demonstrate the value added of your product. That's something that uh, is a tremendous opportunity there. So whenever we position a new tool as, uh, you know, keeping keeping track of what they're doing or uh, making people feel that they're being watched over, that's typically not a very successful approach. But when you design it and you have a clear vision of the tool and uh, designing in such a way that we will make the rep, the sales force, more effective, uh, more successful in a day-to-day job, and they understand it, right? Um, that's where we've seen uh, successful implementations. So that, that yeah. that's the key. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I'm almost taking on the view that when 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 rolling out or implementing a you know a CRM system or a BI system to your sales force, almost treating them as the customer, and that. You've got to deliver value to them in order to expect them to utilize that platform uh, in return. So I think that that's a good point. So um, if you know, for uh, you know, 
we're, we're on kind of a, a time crunch, and I want to make sure we, uh, we we try to squeeze as much in, in, into this conversation as possible what I, while, while I've got you on the line. But um, uh, let's move on to the concept of outsourcing. And, um, you know, I, I, an interesting stat here that I, that I pulled out, and I would, I would encourage everyone, again, to, to check out the uh, the summary that will be that will be linked um, in the show notes. So, of course, you could, you could always Google, you know, ZS Associates, you know, uh, med tech survey. I'm sure it'll come up um, on, on the first page. But, um, you know, one of the stats is nearly half of med tech companies already outsource at least one commercial operations function, which I think is interesting. But uh, more importantly, my question for you is more around this this concept when uh, of um, of the idea that um, the, of, the, of the variation in the size of commercial operation teams. So um, I think in the study, uh, this was called out companies with, you know, two to 300 uh, member sales force uh, which is fairly common uh, within most med tech companies, will manage with as few as four commercial operations um, or as many as 30 or more. And I think that's such a huge variation. So um, I want to get your thoughts around that and whether or not there is an ideal size uh, of a commercial op teams, uh, commercial ops teams for, uh, uh, for med tech. That's a great question, uh, the $1 million question. Um, so, yeah, as you were saying, right, there's a, a – really a broad range um, of, of number of FTEs that we've seen, right? And sometimes, just to clarify, um, sometimes it's not one single group that, you know, consolidates all those uh, uh, FTEs, but sometimes it's, you know, uh, pieces of different groups that may include, like, finance, IT, a specific com commercial ops uh, groups. So, there may be uh, many FTEs spread around the organization that may uh, be covering different areas. So I, I wouldn't say there's like one uh, magic number or a magic ratio that will tell you what's the optimal number of um, commercial ops resources. Uh, but um, what we're seeing is that um, if you have a, a group that is uh, too broad, too large, um, there may be a potential inefficiency there, uh, and uh, you may be um, overseeing, you know, you may not be taking fully advantage of some uh, operational efficiencies that um, could be achieved, right? Um, and, you know, today uh, there's cost pressures everywhere, right? We, we hear all the time um, everybody's facing cost pressures. So one of the ways to, um, to achieve some efficiencies is to um, uh, outsource some of the areas. So um, right now, you know, as you were mentioning, like only 25% um, uh, 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 of the companies that we surveyed um, were outsourcing a couple functions, but we do see that as a trend. And uh, they could double trend, one, to uh, try to achieve efficiencies, but also uh, there are some things that, you know, can easily be done uh, in a more efficient way, uh, in an outsourced way, but that would potentially free up resources for, uh, for your resources, a company, the medtech company resources, to be able to dedicate that effort to more value added, um, uh, for example, analytics. Uh, and instead of, you know, just processing data or creating repetitive reports, you could potentially uh, reassign that effort and that energy on more value-added uh, predictive analytics, more uh, 
uh, insights uh, that could help you refine your strategy or you know have uh, uh, more success with your customers. Got it. Um, very good. And and and, and so the, the the key takeaway there is is there's not necessarily a, a magic number in terms of how how large a commercial ops team. Uh, should be in order to really drive top line revenue growth. Uh, the takeaway is that is 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 a relative, relatively simple one in that there could be areas of the sales ops team, for example, analytics. Not that that has to be one, um, but that could be outsourced. And so med tech companies should begin to look uh, in that direction. I, I like your I like your uh, uh, the you know the the concept or the the um, you know where you were going with that uh, the 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 phrase earlier um, in that. You know, if there's too many people involved, or if there's too many chefs in the kitchen, you know, nothing's going to get done, and and inefficiencies will, you know, will will uh, will certainly be a result of that. So, um, let's move on, if you don't mind, to to the last subject, which is which is big data. And again, um, um, this is this was really interesting to me. Um, you know, and, and the, a couple of the stats here on, uh, you know, re- uh, related to this this topic is is roughly a third. Uh, device companies or med tech companies have processes in place to monitor marketing campaigns or marketing programs, um, and only 20% uh, actually have processes in place to measure those marketing programs. And so I, I think that's that's such a low; those percentages are so low, uh, especially when you compare it to um, you know Silicon Valley startups, uh, you know, within consumer tech that are all. That are that are so focused on on you know A/B testing and really really measuring what programs and campaigns are working uh, uh, versus those that aren't. And so, do you have any 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 thoughts or comments around around the the low percentage uh, of, of, of med tech companies that are are utilizing uh, big data? Yeah. No, that that's a good point. And just to add to your the numbers you were sharing, I think that's. Uh, more shocking as we were talking about, you know, the different like the thirty to forty people or like sometimes then that you know, different sizes of overall commercial groups, right? When you we look at the um a marketing analytics, we see that it's like a, an average like a single FTE dedicated to marketing analytics. So mm-hmm. not only the percentage of uh of companies but also the F those that have some analytics, it's uh, such a small effort. So definitely you know, in medtech, since that marketing analytics is not like top of mind, but that's definitely something that is changing and uh, that is important. Um, so we anticipate that you know they're they're going to continue to increase. Um, and within marketing analytics, right, big data analytics uh, is going to be. Um, uh, something that really needs to uh, pick up. Uh, it's one of the least developed functions right now in medtech uh, companies. Um, as you were saying, you know, 60% don't have a function like that in place. Uh, but we anticipate that growing. Um, and, and it's going to be a key priority going forward, you know, as you were saying, if, to remain competitive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So we definitely expect a shift uh, on that space. Yep. Uh, and, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's just shocking considering how much budget is typically allocated uh, towards, uh, you know, towards the, the marketing with, you know, for, for certain product franchises, yet very little of it is actually ever measured. Um, 
and, and, and tracked. And so um, I would I would wholeheartedly agree and, and hope that that would you know that, that we'd see that <laughs> increase uh, you know the the that the aspect or the concept of, of marketing analytics. Um, so let's. Um, let's 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 kind of as, as we reach towards a conclusion here um what you know we we discussed those four main you know, those these four main kind of topic areas based on your your uh the, you know the commercial operations uh benchmark study um and and is there is there anything any any major takeaways that you'd like to leave you know the audience with whether it's just thoughts or comments from the study or just um things that that you would encourage uh you know uh, uh med tech leaders to to really begin to either uh, take a take a deeper dive uh, in, in terms of their look, or or, or maybe even begin to, to look at implementing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you know, we've spoken about many of them, so just to to recap and highlight uh, the importance of the IDNs and how to have clear strategies, um, as well as uh, leverage the technology to um, to to enable uh, your uh, field, your salespeople, to have more visibility. Um, at that IDN level. So that may require collecting, tracking more data, but that's uh, something that, you know, you really need to um, to develop and, and implement. Um, mobility also, you know, is a significant growth. Um, we've seen significant growth, but there's still there is a lot of potential there that um, uh, needs to be taken advantage of, right? There's so many things mm -hmm. that... Uh, could be done to enable the field and enable um, commercial um, uh, success on that area. We mentioned some of them. It could be, you know, uh, data alerts, making sure that you enable uh, your field to leverage all the information that you have available to have more visibility, uh, not only at the account level, but, you know, within the stakeholders as well as at the IDN level. So those different uh, levels of um, stakeholders and contacts. And, you know, finally, how to be more efficient and make sure that you have the the appropriate commercial um, uh, the operations support. That may require taking a closer look at your current organization, the functions, and uh, potentially identify some areas which could be uh, a bit more efficient through outsourcing, as well as, you know, some additional areas that you can take on um, uh, to provide more insights and um, better analytics to support your operations. Very good. Very good. Well, um, Andrea, I, uh, I mentioned earlier, and, and, and just to serve as another reminder, I'll, I'll definitely link to the uh, uh, to the executive summary of the uh, of the of, of the ZS Associates uh, commercial benchmark study in the show notes for this episode. But is, are, are there any other websites or or uh, or what's the best place for or the best way for for someone that's listening to this to uh, to reach out to you or to learn more about uh, about yourself or ZS Associates? Absolutely, uh, they can visit our website, which is uh, zsassociates.com, uh, or you know they can feel free to email me directly. Uh, if they want more details about the study or if they're interested in participating in, in the next uh, study, my email is andrea.traverso at zsassociates.com. Gotcha. And Traverso is T-R-A-V, as in Victor, E-R-S-O, correct? Exactly. Correct. Got it. So, 
Andrea.traverso at zsassociates.com. Uh, we're very good. I, uh, I, I, um, I'll ask you to hold on to the line. But, uh, again, thanks, uh, thanks so much for your time, and I, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure uh, being here All with right. you. All right, so I'll hold on to the line uh, uh, real quick, Andrea. But um, uh, for those listening, thanks for your uh, thanks for your attention. Uh, and until the next episode of MedSider, uh, take care.